I know what you're trying to do. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. But I can only show you the door. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And uh, in today's installment of Catching Up on Cinema, um, we will be covering our first Netflix film. Um, I'm sure you've all heard of it. Uh, It's an entry in the Black Mirror series uh, by the name of Bandersnatch. It It came out very recently, I think within the past couple of weeks. Um, Fun thing to note, I actually started a Netflix free trial just to watch this. Um, I've gone many years without a Netflix account. Um, not a terribly big proponent of their service. Uh, but due to external influences, I was forced to activate an account, and uh, I watched this Bandersnatch film, um, mostly at the recommendation of my brother and some friends of mine. Well, uh, well, so, Kyle, do you have any familiarity with the Black Mirror series? I do a little bit, but I was going to say, you really haven't had a need for Netflix, because there's only a few things that you need on there. You need uh, the TV show options, which you don't really do. Series that often. If you do, it's probably a pretty serious series. Um, you have a bunch of B movies, um, which the only ones you would watch are the action ones, which you already own, so you don't really need Netflix for that. <laughs> and then everything else is just movies that you want to rewatch. And actually, some of the movies on there you probably already own. So um, the only really reason you needed it was for this and maybe some of the docu series, which I maintain Netflix does a fantastic job at. Um, but yes, I do have a little bit of familiarity with this. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she's like, "You've seen the entire entire series?" I'm like, "No, I have not. I've seen maybe one season." She's like, "We watched the entire series." I'm like, "You watched it? I have not." <laughs> <laughs> because I watched the final episode of the third season, and she had to explain things to me. Like, this was in this one episode. You saw this one episode, but this was the one you didn't see. So I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, you, you sound like my parents talking about movies that they may or may not have seen. <laughs> so this show, it show, the show feels like, do you remember, who is the guy with the beard from Next Generation? Kind of ri- uh, kind of a Richard... Uh, Kind? Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Uh, do you remember William that? William Riker. Do you remember his show on Fox where it was like fact or fiction? Would you yeah, remember? yeah. So this uh, Black Mirror plays out kind of like a more sci-fi version of that, in my opinion. It's like something odd happens. Um, it's all science fiction, uh, more or less. But it kind of builds, especially in the third season. You, there's reoccurring themes. Um, like in this movie, did you notice that... Um, it looks like a Tetris block. It kept coming up. Did you notice that? When yeah. I'm... Uh, it looks like a, something out of Space Invaders or Galaga or yes, something. Yes, exactly. Um, that... It's like an upside-down tuning fork. Yeah. The, that is something that, according to my girlfriend, has popped up several times in Black Mirror. I didn't notice. Um, there was a poster on the wall a couple of times. Um, I know it. It was like a robot. It looked kind of like an AT-AT. Um, yes. But with uh, joints, like better joints. Um mm-hmm. And that's that was actually a really good episode of Black Mirror. That's probably probably my favorite one that I've seen. That's the most memorable. Um, that's a fun little Easter egg because I I mean I did twenty seconds of research on um, who is involved in the production of this. Um, it was directed by a fellow by the name of David Slade, who is by no means a household name. Uh, he's a prolific television director, though. Mm. Uh, he's directed many episodes of some pretty high-profile shows, including Black Mirror, including an episode called Metalhead, which is the name of the game that is being promoted via that poster. Um, fun fact, he also directed Twilight Eclipse. Oh, really? 
<laughs> in the words of Ernest, Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> I, I think I've seen that one, but it was only to listen to a, a comedy um, a comedy podcast I listened to. They did a commentary ah, ah, on it, gotcha. so I, I watched it. That's the only way to watch those movies, and they're actually enjoyable if you have their commentary. Um, With a drunk commentary? Yeah, so uh, run us through what, what this is exactly. What, what exactly is happening? So it's a bit of a gimmick, but... Only a gimmick in the sense that it's a unique presentation format that actually could be the herald for things to come. Uh, essentially what this is, is it's a feature-length film uh, that is a choose-your-own-adventure film. Uh, so at multiple points in the film, uh, the letterboxing uh, narrows down, like it, like the frame shrinks in size, and then a couple of choices appear at the bottom of your screen, and uh whether you're using a TV or a computer, you're prompted to use your mouse and or your remote control to make a selection. And I believe you get about 10 seconds to make a choice. Um, and then things play out based on your choices. Um, there are fail, fail states. Um, you can grind the story to a halt, at which point you'll be prompted to uh, either go back to the beginning or go back to uh, that decision point. Um it's very much like a uh, adventure uh, game, yeah. uh, adventure PC game in particular. Um, I'm not sure if you're terribly familiar with uh, point-and-click adventure games. No, but it um, was the the options were pissing me off a little bit <laughs> because it was like uh, it, this was my pro- one of the problems I had with it is that it didn't commit. Like you couldn't just like have two two threads that you could go with. You can go with A or B. And if you go with A, you have set choices that are going to take you to the end. Or if you choose B, you have choices to make until you get to the end. I don't like the idea of, okay, you have two paths. Okay, you're going to choose this path. Well, you can kind of take another choice and go over to this side. It just seemed like it was there was too many choices of like going between one or two. Well, there's, there's a very heavy, ham, well, ham-fisted theme that gets... There's a lot of repetition throughout the film uh, about the illusion of choice, about uh, the poten- the potentiality of fate being a factor in the existence of these characters. Um, there are a few a few choices you're prompted to make early on that are actually illusions. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have spoiled things for myself by by discovering those immediately because <laughs> it kind of like pulls the curtain back right away, where. Um, I think the second choice, no, third choice I made in the in the film prompted a fail state, mm-hmm. and I was encouraged to start again. And so I was like, oh, how many fucking times am I going to have to watch this movie in one sitting? Right? I ended up watching this movie about five times, now that I think about it, in one sitting. That's what, I, like, I don't, I, we were, my girlfriend and I were talking about this. She's like, how much filming do you think they had to do for this? She's like, they had to do a whole bunch, I'm sure. I'm like, honestly, what we, what we saw, I'm like, it didn't seem like they did a lot at all. Like it seemed like it it went fairly smoothly because you just kept seeing the same thing over and over. Yeah, um, there they had some tricks up their sleeve that probably made things go a lot smoother. Um, most of all, uh, lack of locations. There aren't too many locations in this film, so you know you build your set or whatever, and you you just lock it down and you run through every scenario that you need to, and just have the actors play out. Every choice, every possible choice that we're offering to the viewer, um, and there, there's also some funny edits in there where um, 
first time I noticed it was with the the office manager who's offering him a job. Yeah. Um, they do a thing where they they do a a jump cut where it's like from the same angle, but we like punch in a a couple of feet and do a tight close up of his face. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was maybe a branching path or something where it's like oh shit we forgot to get a different angle of that (laughs) but it's like ah that's what we got so whatever Uh, but i wanted to talk a little bit about um the this film's relationship with pc games okay um now i have no i do not play pc games the last pc game i played was something similar to duke nukem um but it wasn't duke nukem and that was in uh i think Clinton might have still been in the White House at that point. <laughs> Maybe that was a Shadow Warrior or something. Were there ninjas? No, it was it was literally it was a blonde dude like Duke Nukem, and you just went through an it looked like like an office building like just down the hall, and something would pop out and then you'd shoot it, and that was it was oh. It might have been. Yeah, a, I'm, I'm. I'm not sure what that could have been. <laughs> it might have just been default with the computer with Minecraft, so or Minesweeper, oh. Minesweeper. Sorry, Minesweeper. Like maybe maybe you were playing Wolfenstein and you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, that's funny though because actually the, this film takes place in 1984, at a time when uh, uh, text-based adventure games were were the norm. So uh, think the beginning of Big. That's exactly Remember what I was going to say. Big. Yeah. yeah. So you'd had you had a text processor that um, only would only respond to a certain number of key phrases. But that was how you played the game. Is every every action you wanted to perform had to be done via keystrokes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this film is about a young man who wants to make an adventure game wherein uh, you use a joystick, just like the viewer, I guess, uh, to make selections as opposed to having to type in phrases. And uh, that's part of the the core of the plot is that the programming difficulties that come with that in 1984 are stressful. <laughs> um, but this whole format of, of being prompted to make choices uh, feels very much like one of those old-school adventure games, um, but not that old-school. Um, this reminded me of playing uh, what's called an FMV game, a full-motion video game. Um, in the 90s, when CDs were becoming a thing, uh, we had all these games uh, coming out where it was like, think think the video quality that I'm looking at right now of your webcam, mm-hmm. but maybe even worse, like 240p or something. Okay. It, it was like that level of image quality, and the game would pause every time there was a branching path because it's a CD, yeah. and your, your drive speed is probably like 2x, 4x or something. <laughs> and so basically, I don't know if you ever played the arcade game Dragon's Lair. If I did, I'd, I wouldn't know the name. Uh, Dragon's Lair was this arcade game that was on a laser disc in the arcade cabinet. Um, the animation was done by Don Bluth, who, again, I've, I've mentioned him a few times on the show. Fantastic animator in his day. Um, in his day. But that entire arcade game was just a beautifully animated cartoon wherein the screen would flash in different corners of the screen. And you had to, in a very narrow time frame, match match the button inputs that you're being prompted to make. Hmm. So that's a reflex-based game. But there were a lot of like FMV games and stuff where... You had these looping scenes that would play out where, like, Christopher Walken would be standing in front of you and there'd be, like, a two-second animation of him just, like, rocking back and forth. <laughs> and then you click on him and he, you get a little video of him talking to you and then you make your next dialogue choice. Hi. He says something. He says a quip. He's, uh, uh, hey. Hi. Chip. Chip. <laughs> Dad. 
Dad, go. <laughs> Save that yourself. Might be my second favorite line in that whole movie. From Chip. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that that's up there because it's. Re- I just rewatched it not too long ago. That is a really funny line. Go, Dad. Yeah. Dad. Dad, go. Dad, go. Save yourself. <laughs> Dad, go. Christopher Walken's just like, uh, yeah, Chip. He just looks. Do it for me. His eyes move two times, then he runs away. <laughs> just like a, like a squirrel. But yeah, uh, this this game very much reminded me of some of those like old CD based games that I used to play. Um, most of them were terrible, but it's a it's a presentation format that's very nostalgic for me. So I'm kind of surprised that I didn't enjoy this as much as I was hoping to. I would, so we should probably get to the fucking movie. I, I mean, let's let's tread carefully because this is like we said, this is going to be very difficult to go through <clears throat> like linear. Like this isn't point A to point B. This is yeah. Point I'm a. hoping the branching paths will offer us some opportunity to like compare notes because i i did jot down any instance in which i was prompted to make a decision i i was very careful not to tell you what i thought of the movie before you watched it so we both kind of caught up on like i watched it uh and actually this one was requested by um uh a colleague a former colleague of mine and a current colleague of yours um yeah and my girlfriend wanted to watch i'm like yeah sure i'll watch it i know you like black mirror and i can i feel like i should probably watch it sounds interesting um, yeah, it's unique. Yeah, it's it's it's. I I think it's gonna. They're gonna keep Black Mirror. Gonna keep doing it, and I think it will get better. I think they will they will probably get better at this. Or then oh, yeah, Amazon no. or Amazon will do it, and then Hulu will do it, and then Disney streaming service will do it. And then, uh, yeah, I'll start rolling my eyes and be like, I'm so goddamn tired of these. <laughs> and then Criterion will tell you to suck it because they're not gonna fucking do that if they have their own. Uh, I'm waiting service. for the day they decide to try to put one of these in a theater or something with like a keypad oh, on the chair. That. Oh, everybody and, voted this. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that one guy who's like just going there because he wants to see a different ending. And then like you get to the end of the movie. And the audience votes against him, and he's just like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> like, so I paid fifteen dollars for this shit. This has nothing. Third time I've been here. <laughs> this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I was so excited to tell you about this, and it actually pertains to two things we've talked about before. So I think it's fitting that I go ahead and drop it while we're recording. Um, so I was watching uh, the Mummy last night. Steph and I were just chilling, playing some uh, Uno, and I was like, "They got both the Mummy. They got Mummy the Mummy. All the Mummy movies on the Netflix right now." So I'm like, "Let's just throw on the Mummy, and then let's watch the second one because I haven't seen the second one in so long." So like, yeah, sure. So the plastic dummies. I read this on IMDb for the Mummy. The plastic dummies used as the corpses in the film when the when Emotep sucks the dude's skin off. Um, yep. They were also used in uh, the cult 1980 sci-fi film Life Force. Oh, shit. Yeah, I see the resemblance. One character even refers to this mummy sucking the life force out of people. So I thought, oh, isn't, that, isn't so that cool? So those mummies were rotting in a closet for ten years? I, I feel like that would be a great Christmas. If anybody can find them, that's a great Christmas present for Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fun, fun trivia. So they used ten-year-old dummies. Check out I'm our. Surprised they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't melt by then. Because I've seen what Godzilla suits look like a couple decades later. Um, there's one that the only thing that's preserved of it is like the top half of its head. <laughs> Everything else literally melted. Check out our Life Force and our Mummy versus Mummy episodes. <laughs> yeah, those are both good ones if you ask me. I liked. I liked them. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. So let's uh, let's jump into it. So, have you voiced enough of your frustrations coming from a video game standpoint? Like, um, I think we can get to it down the road. But one thing that I need to point out is that uh, off air, Kyle and I were talking, and Kyle said that he wa- he basically watched an interactive movie. I, however, uh, having grown up playing video games and having developed compulsive habits uh, that they're often associated with old old school video games, um, I basically treated this as a game and kind of a frustrating one. And um, I, I had a lot of trouble actually looking at this as a movie. And I was very frustrated that the... Uh, I, I'm okay with movies not going in order. I've seen plenty of Tarantino movies, um, <laughs> Memento, where you go from the from the ending and go back to the beginning. Um, what is that? The Prestige, which I think is fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I need to rewatch that. I have no problem with movies that don't that aren't linear. That's just not point A to point B, where it jumps around. And this did not satisfy that for me. Like this was not that. And this was no. That that's not the problem. The problem is optimization. Um, when you come from a background, like I do, of having grown up playing video games, uh, oftentimes optimization is what you're looking to do before you make forward progression. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the like heart-stopping moments in old video games, for me anyway, like, like say like a Resident Evil game or something, is that you'll come to a room that has two doors. It's like, oh shit, I have to make a choice. And if I, if I keep going down this one path, then it'll trigger like a story moment that will push me further ahead in the story or maybe I'll run into something dangerous that'll be too much for me and I'll have to backtrack. So what what you oftentimes do as a gamer is you make the one choice and then you slide back and do the other. Mm. And you you kind of shuffle your way up both routes. And that's exactly how I watched this movie. Well, it's, uh, it's I, say it, it, I say watched with air quotes because I basically played this movie. Well, that's how they make you do it. There's, there's Yes, yes. They, they kind of force you into that, and it's an uncomfortable experience for me. And I get it. That's, that's the point. It, it's a meta commentary. In fact, it's very explicit the yeah. commentary they're trying to make about gamification and um, the nature of having mul- multiple paths. Um, but it, it was not terribly enjoyable for me Did, um, <laughs> just because of those compulsive habits and knowing that you're a little bit of a slave to them in in a situation where you're supposed to be seeking entertainment you find yourself instead trying to quote unquote win what's supposed to be an entertainment product that traditionally is linear so although these this is completely different than the example i'm going to ask uh the movie gamer which i did you did you finally watch that i did yeah so how would you say this compares to that? I think Gamer was more enjoyable, honestly. Uh, they had their own commentary as well. Like they they had their own um, own ideas that they were shooting out there. But I just I didn't I just got nothing from this movie. Like as a movie, <laughs> like it was not a movie for me. Well, it's it was it looked like it was produced on the cheap. Um, probably not on the quick because of all the difficulties and and uh, having to accommodate the the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did look like it was produced on the cheap, and and the types of choices that you made and the outcomes. Um, towards the end, they get a little batshit crazy and a little a little bit off the wall. But for the most part, it's very pedestrian stuff. It's pretty. It has a pretty sedate feel to it. Um, 
I think what you said before we started recording is pretty accurate. This feels kind of like a pilot, mm-hmm. where it's like we're not we're not gonna blow your socks off our first try. This is just a test to make sure that this format is agreeable to people, like mm-hmm. to see that to see if people will enjoy this. Well, because it is it is you know a kind of a unique concept, and it is kind of exciting that they can do this now. Well, I was curious because you've had at least two people that have asked you like hey you should you guys should probably do an episode on this like have yeah. you seen this yet you should do an episode on it so that led me to believe that there was more to this i'm like it must have been well received by somebody um my girlfriend well, liked it well our our colleague um as far as i know he doesn't have much background with games um so for him he runs too maybe much it... he, he doesn't have time for games <laughs> good point but i mean that might be part of the the novelty of it for me this is old hat this is shit I've been doing since I was in in diapers, basically. <laughs> but for somebody who never touched this format before, it's it's like, oh my god, this is so interesting and different. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like I've done better. I've done this. <laughs> Sorry, let's. I guess let's jump into it a little bit here. But to answer your question, yes, I did enjoy Gamer more. I don't think they have much in common at all. No, they don't. Gamer Gamer is stupid fun mm-hmm. um it's horribly dated in some ways yeah uh, some of the concepts in there did not pan out the way they were kind of hoping they would i guess but i don't know if you turn your brain off it's like you know terry terry cruz fighting with gerard butler fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's get to the movie but yeah uh so july 9th 1984 we get a groundhog day opener um frankie says relax yeah, we get relax instead of uh, what I got you, babe. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I was actually um, when I this... heard Frankie says relax, I'm like, okay, this might be pretty good. All right, they 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 got that the rights of the song. They've got it in here. Let's see what let's see what they do. No, they they spared no expense when it came to licensing the music for this. That's for sure. So, um, go ahead. Mm. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, uh, we open on a, a young man. A young brown-haired gentleman by the name of Stephen Butler um, from the UK, somewhere in England. Um, he wakes up in bed. Uh, if I remember right, he he kind of like gasps awake. Um, this is a recurring theme throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, what is it? A uh, Edgar Wright editing style in the opening, where it's like you know, like a oh. bunch of sounds and and snappy edits. I always think um, of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Sean yeah, the Dead has that's, like that's crazy. crazy. Um, but yeah, he he pours out some pills. Uh, he makes a weird face, and then we see that holy shit, he lives in an amazing house yeah. <laughs> uh, with his dad, uh, his serial killer dad. Uh, this guy looks like a serial killer. Yeah, the moment you see him, it's like oh yeah, oh no. <laughs> it's like that house and that face. Ooh, he looks like John Cusack in the on. Frozen Ground. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they. Uh, they clearly have some sort of hitch in their relationship because I don't know. They, the dad seems to be trying to reach out to Stefan, but Stefan does. He, Stefan looks like like I don't know. Like he's he's got problems throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Like he's a nervous wreck throughout the entire thing. Um, that's by design. It gets a it gets a little old at points, but the point is he's he's uneasy. 
uh, when we're first introduced to him and forevermore. I assumed mom was dead immediately as soon as dad was trying to be like, hey, buddy, buddy with him. Like, dad, mom's dead. Yeah, they, they clearly don't have the best of relationship. Uh, they sit down to breakfast together. Um, dad does that very dad thing where he, he says thanks on behalf of his son after, like, giving him tea or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if your dad ever did that to you. Mine my dad didn't make me. My dad didn't make me tea. Okay. <laughs> my dad. My dad. Um, the phrase I used with him and my ex is, "You have five seconds to impress me." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if if something is done for you and you don't get that thank you out there within five seconds, you're you're gonna hear about it. Um, but yeah, they sit down to breakfast, and uh, Stefan has this fatty book by an author by the name of jerome f davies Mm -hmm. and the title on the book is the title of the show bandersnatch bandersnatch and uh it's choose uh, your own adventure book yeah i've heard of these i thought they'd be kind of fun uh i read a few of them when i was young Hmm. um most (laughs) most of them worked very similar to this where uh more often than not, there's a very early choice that seems innocuous that gets you killed. Mm. And you end up having to start the whole book over. And it's a little bit frustrating. Mm. <laughs> um, I remember one one book where it was like uh, it was like a white guy kung fu book. So oh. it's like it was like a blonde haired, blue eyed American guy fighting ninjas and with with kung fu, not karate or, or you know, ninjutsu or whatever. He like they actually said he he knows kung fu. <laughs> he knows anyway, kung fu. I remember this one choice where um you're prompted to go to the yard or go to a dock. And I went out to the dock cuz like his lady friend was in trouble. And then I got grabbed by a giant octopus that dragged me to the bottom of the ocean and killed me. Yeah, I can see that. Independent of the ninjas and stuff. I was like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that was going to happen? <laughs> you did. Wipe yourself off. You did. You did. Um, but yeah, it's it's during this scene where it's it's hinted that something happened with the mom because uh, if, if I remember right, Stefan mentions that his mom liked this book or liked this author. He's like, mom liked this author. Mom liked yeah, this book, th- something like that. No, I, I, actually, I think he just says that mom had this book. Okay, not that she liked it. Just this is one of mom's things. Um, so it seems like he latched onto it because it belonged to mom, and mom is obviously not in the picture. Um, and I think this, uh, I think this is where we get our first uh, ham-fisted bit of dialogue, where uh, Dad asks Stefan, "What's that?" And he says, "Oh, it's Bandersnatch by Jerome F. Davies. Yeah. It's a choose-your-own-adventure book. You read through it, and you make choices, and you get different endings depending on those choices." I was like, "Thank you for spelling out the concept of the movie, idiot." <laughs> yeah, I mean, we even we we get a tutorial on how to quote-unquote watch this movie before the movie starts it's done via quick animation of a man jumping off a dock into shark infested waters and a soothing lady's voice says like actually instructs you on how how to make the movie go (laughs) um so we already know this yeah several minutes several minutes earlier we already know this so thank you movie for reiterating that and i think this is where we get our first choice it has to do with cereal yeah i should have gone so i went with frosties but i should have gone with the sugar puffs they're excellent um, Why do you say should have gone? Uh, I was dropping a Wayne's World. It's supposed to be the Sugar Pucks, but uh, I should have gone <laughs> with the Sugar Puffs. They're excellent. I was dropping. <laughs> I was dropping our once an episode uh, Wayne's World line. Yeah, I think we missed. I think we missed that last couple ones. Yeah, I, so we'll, we got a lot to make. We'll up get for. back. We'll get it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went with the Frosties. What'd you go with? I went with Sugar Puffs. All but right. uh, caveat: I didn't choose. Because oh, you... I was testing the system. Oh, I wanted okay. to see what would happen. Okay. 
Well, that's interesting. So I did not choose, and it chose sugar puffs. It chose sugar puffs for me. Um, question. Go for it. This is jumping ahead about an hour and, <laughs> and I don't know if you were paying attention enough to have noticed, but um, I had a beer while I was watching this. So <laughs> a beer, two. Um, I had two. Thank you for being honest, Kyle. <laughs> um, about an hour later into the film, there is a part where our main character, Stefan, is given a tape. Uh, did you see this part of the film? Um, he is given a tape in which he is instructed to watch at home while he's coding. Uh, we might have watched completely different things. That, that's what I was going to okay. say. Was like, I mean, this this first choice may have changed the whole thing. Exactly. I that's, don't know. I'm actually I'm actually kind of excited now because, um, um, yeah, we we started off completely different. And okay. We might. Well, um, let me just say that the reason why I'm asking about this now is because about an hour later, uh, when Stefan, in my version of the film, uh, is about to watch this tape, there's a commercial on the TV before he. T- hits the play button and it's for sugar puffs the the cereal that i i chose gotcha nope Um, which made me think that maybe that first choice in the movie like changed that portion later in the film Mm. um and then following my uh, my non-selection of sugar puffs uh i think the last thing that happens before we get on the bus is dad looks out the window and there's a dog digging up the yard well, i had that as and he well. says i think he actually says like quote that dog's gonna be the death of us or something the, there's when we get to it i my girlfriend's like which one do we choose and i told her which one to choose she's like nope i'm going with this one i'm like that's a mistake and i'll it, <laughs> that's a mistake it's gonna come it's gonna come back with the dog so um, see our uh, our colleague actually said that he watched this with a group and i think that might be part of why it's so enjoyable is you get you get these little huddles that have to happen in a very narrow time frame i can't imagine you have to call a vote basically i can't imagine i i can't imagine like i it he lives in a house with like six dudes so i can't imagine like all the (laughs) testosterone running through there trying to get into a fist fight over sugar puffs or frosties (laughs) protein shakes and like no 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 (laughs) go with fucking sugar puffs you chelsea arsenal chelsea (laughs) Arsenal! <laughs> United. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, clap, clap. Yeah, um, so that's... Okay, it's foreshadowing the word to use because there's... <laughs> like, the whole movie is just foreshadowing, I would think. I, um, I would say. Yeah, I mean, this, this kid's face is foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> um, second choice that I was prompted to make is a musical one. I went with Now too. I went with Thompson Twins. <laughs> right. I like this one. Um, be- yeah, because Tom- Now 2 looked... I don't know. The, the, I was looking at the cover art for the two cassettes, and I was like, Thompson Twins, man. Like, now oh. 2 is just Now 2. There's nothing there. I actually found a band that I like, Tangerine Dream, because uh, that comes up later in the movie. Um, I found them on Spotify. They're great. I like, I like Tangerine Dream. Um, funny enough, uh, a movie I just watched like two nights ago, uh, Near Dark been talking about with you for a while now it's a vampire movie by Catherine bigelow um james cameron's ex-wife bill paxton lance lance henriksen and janette goldstein uh was not as good as i needed it to be (laughs) unfortunate needed it to be because i was very hyped about it very unfortunate but soundtrack the score was done by tangerine dream Mm -hmm. which is why i picked them later in the movie Uh, Uh, but yeah i picked the thompson twins and uh this leads to us 
walking into the offices of Tucker Soft, which is a terrible name if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tucker Soft, which is a software publisher uh, for games. Um, fun fact, well, I'm not sure if this is a fact. Um, this is a suspicion of mine. I think PC gaming was much bigger in the UK, uh, especially in the 80s and 90s, than it is than it was here. Okay. Um, as far as I understand, um, Nintendo did not develop as big of a, a foothold in the UK as it did here. Oh, really? Uh, so, I mean, this is 1984, so this is like right before Nintendo exploded. But uh, home computer gaming, like on the Commodore and things along, and Amiga and things like that, um, seems to have been much more prevalent in, in Europe than in the U.S. Uh, you, you might like this. Uh, mm. I dusted off my... I found my old Mario Kart game in my parents' house. They haven't. It's, it was just in a box with a bunch of other Super Nintendo games, and I wow. I, I jacked one of our extra controllers in the game, and uh, Steph and I usually play it on the Wii, because it's a lot of fun, but we don't have our steering wheels anymore, so we played it, and I, of course, beat her, because I'm really good at that game, and she's like, ah, this is stupid. Who made this game? And I'm like... The Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great game. What are you talking about? You're the one that's not good at it. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, that first Mario Kart is actually kind of punishing. It's, it's a little bit difficult. It's uh, it's difficult. 64 was where it started to, like, I don't know, ease up a bit and get more fun. It's way more fun, but I still like that. It I mean, the, the, the rounds are quick in the Super Nintendo game. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, but... Man, some of those ghost houses, like you just keep falling. Yeah, that's. And I could, I could, I could see your your girlfriend getting kind of pissed at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of those. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, we we go into the office. This is where that uh, poster for Metalhead is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a game that was very successful, a fictional game, by the way, uh, designed by a key character in this film. Uh, character's name is Colin Rittman. And apparently he's like some ace programmer or something, like a, along the lines of like a John Romero or, or something like that. Um, that's the Doom guy, by the way. Gotcha. One of the Doom guys. Um, that's the. I think he is the only actor in this that I recognize. Uh, Will Poulter. Yep, I like him from, from Will. We're the Millers. And, uh, he's funny in there. Some young young adult movie adaptations and. Uh, the Revenant. I didn't know he was British, by the way. I didn't um, know either. I thought he had like an odd accent. It, like he has a weird voice, and I'm used to him as having an American accent. And in The Revenant, he has a pretty thick, um, kind of a Southern accent, kind of a draw. In there, he was really pretty common among British actors to do some sort it, of regional diction. Well, he's it's easier. Yeah, he and Tom um, Hardy are uh, just foghorn leg horgan in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no joke. Um, He's also in that Detroit movie that I mentioned before um, on the on the Blu-ray episode. Uh, I'd like to see that because I hear it's very good. Um, there were rumors that, that was also a, I think that was also a Catherine Bigelow film. Funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, li- I like him. So when I saw him, I'm like okay, I, I, I yeah, can, I can I'm on him. I'm on board. Yeah. But he's literally the only person I recognized in this. I knew um, nobody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in this uh, in this office, uh, we get this. Jolly, jolly bearded man who runs up to Stefan as he walks in. Um, Stefan is at this office because he was contacted by Tuckersoft because they're interested in his Bandersnatch game, <laughs> his adaptation of the Choose Your Own Adventure novel. Um, There's a real Grandma's Boy situation going on here. Um, JP uh, from uh, <laughs> Grandma's Boy. 
<laughs> got his own office. You know, he's developing this new game. Uh, I can't think of what it is. Um, but that's what, um, what's his name in the movie? Let me, let me find his name in the movie real quick so we can refer to him. Um, Colin is his name. Yeah, um, Colin Rittman. Colin Rittman. Um, he's kind of the uh, JP of the uh, the office, except he works. In, he's in the he's in the pen, like he's just out there in the cubicles working. Which well, he's he's the rock star programmer. Yeah, but, he's, he's the the programming genius who has so, like some degree of charisma and social skills. Well, he's rich too. He even says he's like he's got all this money and he still rolls his own cigarettes. Yeah, that's what the office manager says when he introduces the two. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, after some introductions are made, um, Stefan is obviously in awe of Colin because Colin is basically who he'd like to be, you know, an, an ace mm-hmm. programmer in the industry, wealthy. Um, the office manager is impressed with what Stefan has at the moment, which is an incomplete game. Uh, again, the gimmick of this game is it's an adaptation of this choose-your-own-adventure novel, this very thick book, by the way. This is like War and Peace shit. Yeah. Um, that is controlled via joystick and a single button like think think uh atari style yeah um as opposed to text prompt so it's it's kind of a technological breakthrough um so the office manager is very enthused about this and he's ready to make stefan an offer right away he's like we can rush this shit into the stores uh do you want to come here to the office to work on it and we get our third choice accept or refuse i accepted I did too. It's, I said, except, duh, Stefan obviously wants to do this. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was pretty basic. It's like his face is telling me the character wants to do this, so I'll, I'll let him do it. I would lawyer up, though, because this guy <coughs> seems like he is going to take your groundbreaking idea and just fucking rob you. Uh, I would. Well, and also, a, a key factor in the story going forward, um, he... His his idea is to rush this out the door for Christmas. That's stupid. Yeah. Of course it's stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, we both accepted, and what comes of that is uh, Colin actually like taps him on the shoulder and says, like, wrong path. Sorry, wrong path. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the announcement that we're going to be rushing this out the gate for Christmas. And then we cut five months later, and there's a reviewer on television a yeah. nerdy bow tied gentleman who makes several appearances at least in my version gentleman of the movie. he's a boy he's a child he's a, yeah he's a child yeah a little pissant yeah <laughs> i crap bigger than I you i crap bigger than you yeah <laughs> um but yeah what happens is uh they do it an on on tv review of of this game bandersnatch which was released after five months of development at the office, and it gets shitty reviews. Yeah. And and the reviewer even explicitly states it was rushed, and that's why it's bad. Yeah. And then uh, we get a, a close-up of Stefan's face saying, no, um, he storms off because he's watching TV with his dad. And dad's like, where are you going, son? He's like, I'm going to try again. And then he rounds the corner, and then uh, we get our uh, game over screen, or the equivalent to it. Yeah. And I think it just says, go back. Yeah, I, have, the, the, I think it was just a singular choice that says go back. See, uh, yeah, go back, and then they put you back in the chair. They run through everything you just saw, and they're like, "Do you want to work? Like, do you want to work here and and do this?" And this time, of course, you refused. I refused. This time, though, um, when the introductions are made, and most of this is a, uh, the editing is uh, snappier. 
So we, we fly through most of it yeah. until we get to the office. When we get to the office, though, everybody demonstrates some degree of familiarity with each other that they shouldn't have. So they demonstrate some sort of foreknowledge, and we start to get like a... I haven't seen the movie, but I've had it spoiled for me more than a few times. A source code? I've never seen start it. To, um, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. And wow. this one with the, the music in the beginning is also kind of winking at us, telling us that, yes, we've seen Groundhog Day also. <laughs> um, basically what happens is the characters cite foreknowledge in the sense that they, they have familiarity with each other and this and this particular scenario, which kind of spells out to the viewer that, huh, uh, going back, there's a chance that this character will actually retain some elements of the experience that he gained from from progressing and then receding. Um, and so this time, uh, it goes without question, you you refuse, because yeah. we've already seen what happens if you accept. And, uh, yeah, I said refuse is the only option. Refuse leads to acceptance, because what, ha- what happens is Stefan actually says no and then says yes, and he says, basically, I will make the game at home on my own time. And... I guess this work. I guess this is okay with the office manager. Well, Colin, Colin defends it. He's like, let him do it at home. Like he needs, like he completely backs him up. He's like, he needs his own, his own time to do it. Like he mm-hmm. needs his own space. So I, I appreciated that in Colin. Yeah, um, yeah. He basically cites that like he he can relate. Where he's like, I know what it's like to to be an artist to understand. Yeah. To to know what it what it means to need need to put your own personal stamp on something uh, by the way stefan cites the thompson twins as his his coding music oh really um, i'm curious to know if uh for other people like if you picked did did uh did he make any mention of now to no album? <laughs> i didn't i didn't okay. notice anything okay well at one point in mine uh colin asks him in the office like what music do you listen to and he says oh, the Tom- thompson twins thompson twins yeah um, by the way dad smokes a lot it's the 80s, man. Everybody smoked a lot. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, I think you called it foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot of pins that get dropped in this movie. Um, um, a lot of close-ups of ashtrays, just saying. Oh, yeah. The ashtray. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to come into play. Um, yeah. So yeah. There's, There are two, two close-ups of ashtrays within the first ten minutes of this movie. So this is, what month? It is July. So he has to have a completed prototype by... Uh, tw- the twelfth of September. So he doesn't yes. have very long to work on this. Um, so now we get to uh, therapy. Yes, and there's a there's a line in there. I wrote it down because I'm like I know this is gonna be this is gonna come up. But he mentions to his therapist um, that he feels monitored. Um, mm-hmm. I think she asked if he's take if he's taking his medication. How you doing? He's like I just feel monitored, and. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm being monitored. So whenever we made a choice and it wasn't my choice, I put in parentheses next to it, not my choice. So the, ah! the, the therapist... I wonder whose it was. Yeah, right? Um, the, the, not that it was like... Not that we were arguing about it. She's just like, well, what should I choose? I'm like, whatever you want. She goes, I'm going to go with yes. I'm like, okay. I just marked that it wasn't my choice. Um, okay. There was one where I told her explicitly not to make that choice and she made that choice. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but she... Uh, I... She asked, like, do you want to talk about mom stuff? And we chose yes. As did I. Okay. Um, again, I was I was treating this in, in the early goings anyway. Uh, I was going based off of the character. I was like, 
it seems like this would be a good thing for him. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't doing it as, in terms of what I wanted to see, it was more like this seems like the appropriate choice. Um, the, and yeah, they, they talk about mom. And then the next choice I have is, no, she has to catch a later train. Yeah, um, so what happens here is uh, the therapist prompts Stefan to talk about mom. And this is where we learn what happened to mom. So we get a flashback. Uh, Stefan is five years old. Uh, he has a stuffed rabbit that his mother made for him by the name of Rabbit. <laughs> Very creative child. Um, mm. I was I was naming things by the time I was five, by the way. Well, Sandra, My teddy bear's name was Bobo. Sandra Bullock, um, <laughs> Sandra Bullock can't give names to kids in fucking Bird Box. Spoiler alert. Oh man. They're called boys. <laughs> she calls them boy and girl. What? It's fucking stupid, dude. That movie's... I'm, pu- I'm putting it on the air, man. Bird Box was not good. No, speaking as someone who's, whose dad has to come up with a nickname for everyone, um, that's insulting. It really is. Um, but yeah, uh, so we get this flashback. Um, what happens is dad uh, is pissy because uh, apparently his wife's parents have been hassling him about being too easy on, on Stefan, on... Uh, I forget the, the expression he uses, but it has something to do with, like, not being strict enough, I guess. Um, so he takes Rabbit away and locks him in an office. And uh, Stefan flips out, and Mom is trying to catch a train, and she's, like, urging Stefan to come with her. And Stefan absolutely will not go with her, so she has to stay at the house because she's urging him to leave with her. And uh, during the sequence, we get a choice... Um, but there is no choice um, because he's a child, and this is a flashback, by the way. Yeah. And I think it's even explicitly stated we can't change the past, Stefan. Um, so he has to say no. And then the reason why this is a traumatic event is because uh, because he made her stay late. Uh, she did not catch the train she was going to, that she was planning to. And she, instead, she caught a later train that apparently derailed and killed a bunch of people. Yeah. So at the age of five, he felt that he was responsible for killing mom. He was. Which, um, which is what, and also he blames dad because dad was the one who caused him to throw that tantrum. Yeah. Um, which is a little unfair to dad, I guess, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so we, we come to, and we're, we're getting, we're about to start our working montage and we go to the record store. Um, he is picking out, he's choosing between Phaedra. And mm-hmm. the Bermuda Triangle, which are, I think, Fa- I thought Phaedra was a band, but it's actually an album by Tangerine Dream, yeah. which I looked up, and it's definitely, that is great working music. Like, I've, I've used it while I've been studying here recently. I'm like, it's, it's solid. I, like, I dig it. Um, I've never heard of the, what's the Bermuda Triangle? Is that a band, or is that an album by a band? Um, I have no idea, actually. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if the band name was Tomita, but I think I saw that listed on the album but we both, Tangerine Dream I was familiar with so that I picked that one like, I actually know them as a band coming into this movie I did not and I actually knew Tangerine Dream as a strain of marijuana it's a nice hybrid <laughs> little it's a nice hybrid if you uh, if you ever get the chance Tangerine Dream <laughs> sounds like a flavor of ice cream <laughs> yeah it does doesn't it yeah that would be a good um, <laughs> I like so, I like Dreamsicles so um, oh, <laughs> so so I picked. It sounds like we both picked Tangerine Dream. Yeah. So the next choice. So he's he's doing his work. You know, he's got the uh, the crazy serial killer uh, papers up on the wall. As oh yeah, as, he's got some beautiful mind shit going on. Yeah. There. I mean, the kid is is brilliant. Like he is smart. Like he's 
he's basically inventing three-dimensional video games. So he's, it's a big deal. Um, but we're given a couple more choices. He's hitting a block. And the two options that we have, I think his dad's maybe bugging him or something. And we get the choice, throw tea at computer or shout at dad. Um, considering that he is more or less a prodigy, like he's he's come up with the third, like he's about to change video gaming forever, and he's about to launch it into a, a, an amazing industry. Um, I'm thinking maybe not call the computer a cheating bitch and throw the the tea, the tea onto it and destroy <laughs> he all. Have your... any liquor though? Yeah, like don't destroy the computer, you idiot! Yell at your dad. Put him in check. Put, put that fucking nerd serial killer dad in check. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of lead up. Um, by the way, when he buys the record, he also swipe. He buys a book from that store. So they're selling books and records in the same place. Okay. Um, it's a Jerome F. Davies book. Um, it is called The Lives of Jerome F. Davies, who um, neglected to mention Colin Rittman when he first meets him. The only thing that he contributes to the discussion about the author is that isn't that that guy who like chopped up his wife? That's very important. Yes, that is very important. Yeah. Um, and we get a, a quick sequence where uh, Stefan is riding home on the bus and he's flipping through the the book, and I notice that there's a chapter called Mind Control, and I wrote a note for myself at this point: uh, pills? Question <laughs> mark. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, when we get to the uh, choice of throwing tea on the computer or yelling at Dad, um, I had an embarrassing moment. I wasn't paying attention. Ugh. So the movie picked for me, and he threw tea over oh, the computer. God damn it. And uh, it leads to a, uh, a game over. Uh, it leads you back to a screen that prompts you to go back. Uh, so in this case, shouting at Dad is the only option. So then why um, the fuck have it? That pisses me off. I only discovered this because I was looking... I think I was writing notes at some at the time. It's not a choose-your-own-adventure. It's just... It's it's a multiple-choice <coughs> test. You just have to keep going until you get the answer right. That's not... That doesn't seem... Ah. Well, it's interesting that there there is a distinction between uh, a go-back and a game-over state. Um, it actually actually on the screen has an option to view view the credits mm-hmm. um, that's that's when you actually reach the end yeah whereas prior to that uh, you continually get options like if you if you make a dead end choice you get a go back situation okay and in some cases it actually offers you different choices uh, so it's it's structured in a strange way in which you can't succeed until you fail as far as I can tell Here, here's the thing about this um about this movie is that I knew I know Black Mirror well enough to know mm-hmm. that no, there's no way this is going to have a happy ending, because oh yeah, every, no, I, it's like Twilight the Zone. Way, yeah, the the way I've heard the show described is it's Twilight Zone or the Outer Limits, uh, but with technology, the horrors of technology as a core theme across all the episodes for the most part. Yeah, so I knew that I'm like, well, there's no way this is going to end well, so I kind of just want to see how bad it's going to end because. I, I know you haven't seen it, but um, uh, Requiem for a Dream that has one of like one of the harshest movie endings I've ever seen. Like it's pretty rough. So I'm like, well, wonder what this. That I mean, they could have a really rough ending to this. Like, what are we in for? Yeah. Well, I've seen a couple of endings to this because of the way I watched it. 
Um, so we'll we'll get there when we get there. Well, the right? reason why I didn't go straight to credits is like, well, I need to see what happens. So if, if it was just me well, watching it, I would have gone to credits probably. If well, for me, I I was just planning on playing it straight, but it wouldn't let me. <laughs> like, um, because what kept happening was I kept getting these go back sequences where I would see a potential outcome, but it wasn't presented to me as the end of the story. It was presented to me as just a, a plot cul-de-sac wherein you can you know put it in reverse and back out um so the next choice we get and like i said you have to yell at dad and which has to lead to him prompting stefan to get in the car we drive to therapy um however when we're out outside the doctor's office uh, we get a choice whether we either go to our therapy session or stefan happens to see colin on the sidewalk and you can go with colin um on my first time through, first time because I, I tried to do this in a straight line. I sincerely did, mm-hmm. um, but I revisited the sequence at least twice. Um, on my first go through, uh, I said, "Go to therapy, duh." <laughs> I went. There's a lot of repetition of, "I think this will be good for you, Stefan." I was like, "Yeah, I think so too." You fucking idiot um i looks nervous all the time <laughs> i because of my own experiences with therapy growing up um and know how much it sucks sometimes i'm like i'm gonna follow colin let's let's, let's follow colin i know it's the wrong decision but i'm like let's let's just dest- i thought of it as i get to destroy this kid's life like that's oh, what nice. i that's what i'm gonna do now okay. i'm like okay, okay i know this is the wrong decision like let's just fuck it up let's yeah let's see how bad we can make this yeah so yeah. that's awesome. I, I respect that. <laughs> oh, someone's giving me the opportunity. Um, so yeah, we follow we follow Colin, and he he's like, "You've hit a you've hit a block, you block." Yeah, he has a peculiar accent. He has a peculiar. That's why I thought it was fake at first. Like when I first watched the Prestige, I thought Christian Bale. Like I thought he was American, and then when I was watching the Prestige, my like, God, that accent is terrible. Um, fun fact: uh, I just watched. Um, finally, all the way through, there's something about Mary. Um, a lot of fun trivia on that movie. You should, if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, give it a watch and read some of the trivia. But I don't know any of the trivia, but I, I used to watch it a lot when I was in middle school. There's a character, uh, do you remember the, the doctor character who has the crutches? That guy? Mm-hmm. Mary! Um, he is doing... Uh, from, from Mouse Hunt. Yeah, Mouse Hunt guy. Uh, yeah. I also know him from The Ladies Man, but um, he... I always thought he was American, but he's actually British, and he's doing a very um, over-the-top British accent in there, and a dialect uh, coach was like, yeah, that's one of the worst accents I've ever heard in a movie, and he's like, like, well, he's actually English, and he's purposely doing a bad accent. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's what Bale was doing in The Prestige, because I thought the accent was terrible. The terrible. <laughs> I hope. Well, it's also, you know, the time period, too, yeah. where we didn't exactly speak american english the way we do now Mm. accents were still kind of in in the state of being formed like there's they hadn't quite (laughs) solidified yet so yeah uh, he uh he's talking with colin and he's like you've hit a block and he's like what are you talking about he's like you're stuck like you you're you look you can see that he's like lost sleep he's just been up too long he's stressed out um actually a good night's sleep would probably do him really well um yeah that would probably (laughs) fix all of his problems um but Colin's like, kind of just takes him back to his apartment. He's got a nice apartment. It's up pretty high. Um, they go in, and uh, turns out Colin's got a, a wife and kid. And 
um, they're all they're all living there, and uh, I think he puts on. Does uh, he put on? This, here, this here's Kitty. Yeah. This is me. This, this is my girl. girl. This is me. My legacy. My <laughs> legacy. Um, it's my legacy. So they go into the den, more or less, and this was actually I really like this line. Um, so he's got. It looks. It kind of looks like that baseball glove chair. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got that, and or, then or one of those. What? Yeah, one of those like white, white hands. Yeah, yeah. he's got a. Yeah, yeah. He's got the baseball glove chair looking thing, and then in front of it is a coffee table, and then on the other side, facing the chair, is this U-shaped couch. Uh, and he says to him, "Grab a pew." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a fun expression. I like that. It's it's weird because I he well the, it's appropriate too. It is though the chair given the context. The chair is goes to his computer as well, so it's a nice enough chair that he can sit at his computer, but also turn around and preach, I guess. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a nice little line. Yeah, um, I did. I selected go to therapy, but we'll come back to that. So we'll just go straight through for now. Okay. Um, because th- uh, this leads to a definite going back. Like, there's no getting around it. Um, yeah. Um, and, like I said, I tried to do this straight through, and I still saw this. Um, so, during this sequence, um, we get a choice. Uh, Colin has, was it acid? Well, it gives him weed at first. He, he like, yeah, has a they, long... they take a puff of weed. There's no choice there. Stefan does it. He's like, you don't have a choice. Don't do it. Yeah. All you have to do is just so, be like, no. And then it'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've, I've never... He's like, just fucking do it. Just, just do it. <laughs> See, if he was an American actor, that's how it would come out. No accent. Just no. like, just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Then he um, then he offers him acid. So, yeah. obviously, I'm destroying this kid's life, so I'm like, give him the acid. That's... that's. <laughs> um, funny enough, when I got here, and I did not get here for quite a while, um, I said yes as well. Okay. Because my in my mind, I was thinking... Colin is coming from a place of having been where Stefan currently is. Maybe he's on to something. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you know, going and dropping acid with the neighbors is a good idea. <laughs> going and dropping acid with the Beatles is probably a good idea right now. <laughs> uh, I think, have you seen the uh, Oliver Stone, The Doors? Have you seen that? I have not. That's, I have not. There's, a, there's a, good, a couple of really good acid moments in there. Uh, you would know, fuck. <laughs> She asked Meg Ryan. Asked him. Was like, "Have you been? Have you been drinking?" He's like, "No, ma, I ain't been drinking. Just some low grade acid." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's supposed uh, to be like Val Kilmer at the peak of his powers. It's really good. It's it's one of my favorite Val Kilmer performances. Um, um but, but yeah, go ahead. Fun detail. Um, uh, because I I visited this out of order, like according like based on your viewing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when he hands him the acid tabs, uh, the symbol is a uh, is a character that is mentioned by the by the time I had gotten here, I was familiar with this character. Oh, okay. uh, in your case, you were not. Um, uh, there's mention at some point uh, of a of a demon by the name of Pax P A X um, that is supposed to have a lion's head, and sure enough, on the acid tab, there's an illustration of what looks like a lion's head. Uh, so that made me go, hmm, maybe that isn't a good idea, but I still said yes, because again, I, I was like, you know, Colin, Colin's a programmer, he's been there, maybe he's on to something. So I said yes, and do you want to describe what ha- what happens after that? I've never taken acid before, and I need to contact my buddy who loves acid, 
to see if um, some of this is legit. Um, I think that we talked about it in Salt Lake City Punk, which I don't think we've dropped yet. But there, yet. there's an acid where he where Steve uh, O takes acid in the movie, and I think that is probably a realistic editing of what it's probably like to be on acid. This was a little bit more far fetched, but as soon as the acid kicks in. He's kind of messing around, playing with stuff. He's giggling. He's enjoying it. And odd, oddly enough, he's he shouldn't be in a good headspace. He should be really stressed out. So acid should have the opposite effect on him. It should stress him out a lot. Um, if you're super, super, duper stressed out and you haven't slept, I don't think acid's the way to go. Uh, but well, any drug, if you haven't slept, I'm sure is just a nightmare. Call it now, unless, you, unless you're trying to sleep, I guess. Yeah. Now, now we're starting to. I realize why Colin says take a pew because now he just starts spitting out just nonsense, gobbledygook garbage. He's just like, there's multiple realities, and there's this one way is gonna go this way, and it's gonna happen that way, and stuff like that. And and he's just kind of mesmerized by this. He's like, oh wow, okay. So he's like, I can prove it to you. And he's like, all right. So come out on the balcony. And he says some shit, and he's just like, one of us is going to stand here, and the other one of us is going over the railing, going over the edge. And yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, as soon as they went out to the balcony, I'm like, well, here we go. This is the end of it. Uh, somebody's going to die, um, which is exactly what's going to happen. So I knew, I started thinking about this. I was like, you get a choice. You can either have Colin jumps or... Uh, Stefan jumps and I'm like well if Colin jumps you're going to prison because the the wife is just going to be like yeah they were on drugs and then he threw him off so you yeah. have no no chance and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like well this isn't good so maybe we've made the wrong decisions to get here so let's just kill our let's just die and then go back cuz I knew that's what was going to happen like we're just going to have to go back so I had Stefan jump over uh so did I yeah um, again, I came to this point much later than you, uh, but yeah, my first impulse was, uh, I don't know, when I play games, I tend to, uh, come at it from the standpoint of like a, a white knight, I guess, <laughs> where it's like, I, I try to, you know, make the right choice whenever possible, the one that does the least harm, uh, I think that's why I enjoy those Batman games more than I enjoy Grand Theft Auto games, because every choice you make as Batman is going to be the right choice whereas grand theft auto every choice you make is a bad choice destructive in some fashion Mm -hmm. um but yeah i was like i don't want colin to die like that that's i have control of stefan not colin so i don't want someone to die because of a choice i make so i had stefan jump and then uh we get a bow tie 12 o'clock again and uh what happens is uh the game Bandersnatch is released, I think, again for Christmas. Uh, again, remarks are made about it having uh, either holes in the programming or having been rushed. And uh, mention is made of the the author of the code having tragically committed suicide. Well, I'm. It's odd. I'm like, I as soon as I realize that he's he's invented 3D gaming, I'm like, Colin is gonna fucking steal this thing. Um, cause he's done so well. like when he shows him his game, it reminded him, like it's some kind of catch things in your mouth game or something. It's just two D. It's just yeah. move the thing across. It looks like a Commodore game. Yeah. So I'm like, when he finds out it's a three D game, I'm like, he's gonna fucking kill you and take this idea. 
again, Grandma's Boy, and just take the idea well, and run with it. I, I think those games kind of existed at the time. In fact, the office manager makes mention of 3D Monster Maze, mm-hmm. which is, if I remember right, an actual game. Um, however, I think it was one of those text-based games as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, joystick control. Gotcha. Which, again, was kind of a programming miracle. Um, so did this trigger a go-back state for you? Yeah, well, so it says Vandersatch... I was like, Vandersatch, Vandersnatch sucks. It's go back or talk to the doc. Yeah, so uh, okay, I chose... See, I did, it, I did it in reverse order. Okay. Um, I, I went to talk to the doctor before I, I went with Colin, and it... Apparently, it, it goes in a big fucking loop. So but, uh, it really did change things up for me. So yeah. So from here, I'll just I'll just say what he has. So when you were talking to the doctor, did it say bite nails or pull ears when you talked to the doctor? Yes, it did. Okay, so yes, yeah, it did. I did bite nails, and then we end up going. So b- did I. We end up going back home, and then we get to the pills, and I said take them, or the the option was to flush them. Yeah, I said take them first. Okay. So then it comes four months later, Christmas, and I guess the game's... Bow tie. Yeah, bow tie again. <laughs> the game's still... Bow tie shits on the game again, and we get to go back. Where yeah. um, you're given the chop- you're given the uh, option to either go with Colin or go back to reconsidering the pills. I went with uh, follow in- Colin again. Like I said, I'm just... See, in-, in my case, I... Uh, I just went back. See, I, I was resistant to following Colin at the time. Uh, so at this point for me, I still hadn't even gone with Colin. I, I saw the therapist. I took the pills. Game sucked. And then instead of going with Colin, I went back to the choice about the pills. And this time I said flush them. And we cut forward to three weeks later. And we're at the release day. And we're in a moment of crisis. Um, and I saw two different permutations or, or iterations, I guess, of uh the sequence basically first time i saw it colin was in the room uh when they're in crisis about the game needing to be tweaked at the last minute and stefan negotiates with the office manager says give me the weekend yeah um at which point for me colin hands him a vhs tape uh it's a documentary about jerome f davies the author of bandersnatch i do remember that coming up yeah um which leads to some more choices but uh, in my case, uh, it leads to a sequence where Stefan's working at home, and we get a break computer or hit desk prompt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at this point, though, this is uh, what I had asked you about um, the serial. Um, so the tape, when uh, Stefan is loading up the tape in his VCR, uh, it's a documentary about Jerome F. Davies and how he went crazy uh, because he believed the the Pax demon I had mentioned was controlling his his fate, mm. and he had no control over his life, so he chopped up his wife. Um, <laughs> there's this there's this old lady uh, talking direct to camera, and just over and over again, she keeps hammering home this concept that fate is real. You have you have no choice in how your life progresses. So why don't you kill somebody? <laughs> <laughs> And she actually says, "Why not commit murder?" And uh, I think <laughs> I have that written here. Hang on, mine's just later. Uh, give me yeah. a sec here. Uh, I mean, this is this is the first of two times I watched this in a in a linear playthrough playthrough of this movie. Hmm. No, I don't have it written down. I remember that though. I'm like, okay, that's a lot. Um, yeah, in this case, I said, 
hit the desk because like you had said his work seems kind of important to him I don't think he should smash his computer yeah um and then he has like an anxiety attack and you're prompted to either pick up the photo or pick up the book so I went with pick up the family photo so did I the first time yeah (laughs) um I figured you know Maybe he needs some sort of stabilizing element, maybe going back to his family or revisiting that trauma in Ernst with his his mom. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, Cuts to a nightmare sequence wherein he uh, the abysses his way into his mirror. (laughs) Um, Or I forget what that music video is where the guy like jumps through the mirror or whatever. But or oh. uh, the, the floor, the floor from Electric Avenue. <laughs> if you oh, know what yeah. I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, so he goes through the mirror in his nightmare. He emerges as a child, and then we get a repeat of the sequence of Rabbit being taken away. Nothing really happens. He wakes up. We get uh, relax again. <laughs> yeah. I, the next thing I have is destroy computer. Those are the next options that I have. Yeah. Throw tea over computer or destroy computer. I will um, destroy. I, I already did the tea on accident, yeah. so I was like, okay, let's try destroying it. And at this point, uh, Stefan actually can't. Um, he wrestles with his own hand and then starts like pleading to the heavens, like, show me a sign. I know, somebody, I know something is at work controlling me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at which point we get prompted to uh, signal him, I guess, like actually reach out to Stefan. Um, yeah. There's the Netflix logo or that... that uh, upside down tuning fork symbol so I I was like of course I'm going to do the tuning fork <laughs> yeah I went with the tuning fork I was like but this is fucking stupid like, this is yeah that, that was my reaction too this is where I'm like okay I've been doing this long enough and we're getting fucking nowhere oh, it, wherever Pat, it's going Pat. is stupid Jerry Jerry can you hear Jerry Jerry, 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 Jerry. Why, wh- who started the fire Jerry Jerry Jerry, Jerry who started the fire if you play a drinking Jerry. game if you play a drinking game don't drink every time you hear him say Jerry <laughs> Yeah, anytime you hear Jerry in the movie Sphere, um, don't drink. take a drink and you you will go blind. Yeah, <laughs> take a drink of water because you need to hydrate. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I chose the tuning fork as well, obviously. So now we get into, he's getting into a little bit of an argument with his dad. Now this is, the the scene is, I don't know why it prompts him he's like okay you can either um back off or you can kill dad i'm like whoa what the fuck like why are we killing dad now what does that have to do with anything um i will revisit this this is this is like the ultimate put a pin in it um but yeah this comes totally out of left field well this is where all although although bear in mind we did just have like a couple of minutes of an old lady saying why not commit murder um, so maybe she's trying, maybe this is like a, you know, maybe this is the filmmakers trying to communicate something to the viewer that maybe that's a choice you should make when you're prompted to. Um, because if you choose to kill dad, some interesting stuff happens. I did not choose to kill dad. No, they I make you kill, off. they make you kill dad, so. They do make you kill dad, but the way that you kill dad, uh, can have some very massive effects on how things proceed. Um. Yeah, of course I said back off. I was like, I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> um, which, in my case, uh, I think actually led back to uh, the therapy session. Uh, it said, 
th I think the next choice for me was follow Colin or kill Dad. The next, so that brought you back. So th mm -hmm. that's like follow Colin. So after all that, you have Colin. Then I got to I got to do what we talked about. Yeah. So out of, out of order. Yeah. So all that. Then we get. Um, after all that happens, we get to back off, and then I have. And then we go back to Colin having to, having to jump. Yeah, he jumps. Shit hits the fan. This is where I had to go through everything. Yeah, and, and I had to go again. We go back to the office, and uh, in this time though, Colin's not there. Um, the office manager doesn't know where Colin is, although of course we do. Yeah. Um, and instead of Colin giving Stefan the tape, um, one of the aides in the office give Stefan the tape saying that Colin told him to give it to him. Uh, you have to take Which, the the other thing is, is you have to take the acid you have no choice because when oh really? Yeah so when I went back it says I went follow Colin. Okay I'm following Colin again this time because <clears throat> I want to see what happens if Colin uh, if I don't take the acid so I pick no, no acid what Colin does is, is he's like okay fine. He puts the acid on his tongue and then what he does is, is gives him his tea that he made and he drops the acid into the tea they both end mm -hmm. up tripping acid, and then they go on the balcony. I'm like, fuck it, have Colin jump. And that's exactly what happens is he jumps. Uh, the game's released. Or, no, no, no. Um, the game's not released just yet, and Colin's missing, essentially. And okay, so that brings us back to the same point. Yeah. Um, but remember the way, the way uh, these go-back states work. Stefan seems to retain some element of the experience. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're actually helping him succeed by causing him to fail. Um which brings us back to uh, the photo or the book. Um, in this case, second time around, of course I'm going to make a different choice because it's silly to make the same choice twice in a row, although I was very tempted to at one point. <laughs> um, so the book title is uh, Lock, Door, Get Key. It's apparently a game design book. Um, and Stefan goes to bed with it on his chest. Uh, and then instead of the nightmare sequence of him reliving the, the whole rabbit thing... Um, he gets up in the middle of the night he goes to dad's office and this is all happening in the present um and he op he gets in there and there's a there's like a, a strong box or a vault mm -hmm. and we're prompted to make a choice as to what the password is i couldn't give a fuck less at this point i'm just saying like at you're, this point i'm just out. i'm just making i'm just like uh that whatever yeah so I don't ahead. blame you. I, I was kind of, I was actually frustrated. Um, at one point, I don't think I've gotten there just yet. But at one point, oh no, 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 no. Um, it was when uh, I was taken back to Colin's apartment, mm -hmm. and, and uh, I had to make Colin jump. Had to make Colin jump. Yeah. I said made Colin jump because fuck it, I got shit to do. Yeah, seriously. I was like, this is supposed to be an hour and a half. This is turning into two and a half hours. I, what the fuck? I had plans that night. I'm like, okay, well, let's watch this interactive thing. I'm like, then let's watch Batman '89. I've, I've been wanting to dust it off. Like, we should we should watch this. Like, oh yeah, totally. Let's do that. So I'm like, let's get this gone. Let's get it out. Yeah. No, I was I was kind of stuck watching this, and I was like, I'm. I'm done. I've been done for a little while, but it, it keeps circling back, and it's really fucking frustrating. It's fucking so, exhausting. Of course, I, I, the two choices are toy or pack. Yeah, um, I went During with pack. Colin's rant, he makes reference to pack, as in uh, what program and control. Yeah. I, and not only that, earlier in the movie, I noticed, like I said, there's a chapter in that Jerome F. Davies book uh, called Mind Control. So clearly, this is an element to the story. Um, toy or pack? Of course, it's fucking pack. It's pack. And also, the demon's name is Pax. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, pack is 
I'm not sure if you picked toy. I picked pack. So yeah, pack pack opens the lock. Um, there's a bunch of files in there, fucking videos too. It's not yeah. some sort of test chambers. Uh, it's not his family. So yeah. Yeah, apparently Stefan's entire childhood was manufactured. He was drugged. He was being monitored. His mom was an actress or something. Uh, at this point, I was rolling my eyes. I was like, really? We're doing this? This is fucking stupid. Like, this better be a paranoid delusion or something. Like, he better be wrong about this. This better be Brazil. Like, it, this yeah, was all... Yeah, the end of Brazil. Yeah. Like, th- that would have made me happier slightly, I guess. Uh, fun fact, Brazil is either on Amazon Prime or Netflix <clears throat> right now. Just a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it on the criteria. Oh, on nice, my nice, shelf. nice. But for you, yeah. definitely rewatch it. For anyone a... out there, anyone, anyone out there, you should watch Brazil. You should watch it's a Brazil. Great time. Especially if you have worked in an office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you should watch Brazil. But um, if I remember right, this leads to a conversation between Dad and Stefan, and there is no choice in this matter. Uh, Stefan hits Dad with the ashtray that's been foreshadowed several times up to this yep, point. Yeah, uh, but then he wakes up and apparently it was a dream. Okay, because I got so from here I went pack. It's not your family, uh, quote unquote. Talk to me, and then I get back to the tuning fork and PACS. Yes. Okay, and then I hit the tuning fork, obviously, and then it's... oh, I hit PACS. Okay, so I <laughs> used pack as the password and then tuning fork. To do to whatever was next, I don't remember what it was, but it was tuning for okay. So then it gives me kill dad or back off. I'm like, let's fucking kill him. Um, do you think that they put that in there just so it was like it would maybe like people are like, oh, there's this new Netflix thing for like Black Mirror. It's interactive, and you get to kill. You get to choose. You get the choice to kill somebody in there. Like, fuck yeah, dude, let's do that shit. But it's very, it's not satisfying. Um, no, I didn't no, want to do it, especially since um, I think they only filmed. I think they only used two takes of him hitting him with the ashtray. Yeah, he hits him in the... It would be kind of nice if like they did it in different ways for each instance. Yeah. Hits him in the head with an ashtray. Yeah, and it opens a gash in his head and I guess causes a contusion and that causes a brain bleed or something. I don't know. He, he dies from a hit to it with an ashtray. Mm. Um, <coughs> I said... I... <laughs> Uh, so this is where uh, Steph and I disagreed because now we get the option to either bury him or chop him up, which is mm, really that's that's the pivotal choice. Yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you that much. Okay, so we get to this and she's like, "Let's bury him." I'm like, "No, no, 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 you chop him up." She's like, "No, no, no, let's bury him." I'm like, "No, I've seen a Scorsese movie. I know that you're gonna have to dig that body right back up, okay? Because they're gonna put in some some property, like they're gonna build some condos there." So also, foreshadowing of the dog. Exactly. That was the digging other. The, the, one of the first things we see in the fucking movie is a dog digging up the yard. I'm like that dog is gonna dig up that dead body. That's a big dog too. Yeah, <laughs> he would have found him easily. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, you chop him up, and I learned this from Krieger on Archer. You chop him up, you put him into six or seven different pieces, and then you dump him into to trash cans all around, <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> so he can't be, uh, so he can't be found all in one piece. Um, she said berries. I'm like, all right, fine, we're fucked. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I'm saying. She um, chose Barry. So I came back around to this decision uh, because I encountered some a massively frustrating occurrence in this uh, that actually caused me to have to go through the whole thing. So fucking stupid. The whole thing over again because I was very pissed. Um, I'll tell you right now, though, I, I believe the, the ultimate ending to this story... Uh, comes via chopping him up. 
Okay. Yeah, because um, I had to chop them up. I, I had to go back uh, and chop them up. In fact, I'll just I'll just go into it right now. Um, I didn't watch any of the details. I just made all the choices to get here um, because I was trying to retrace my steps uh, because of the aforementioned frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, basically what happens, if you come to the situation where you're prompted to kill Dad um, in the right circumstances, meaning you come into that uh, having spoken with the uh, Colin and having discovered the packs and stuff... Um, if you kill Dad and chop him up, Stefan completes the game, and it's a rousing success. And uh, basically, what happens is the legacy of this Pax demon or whatever gets passed on to someone else, like thirty years later in the present, who works at Netflix, and we get a cute little post oh, yeah. sequence of a, of a lady smashing a computer if you prompt her to. Yeah, um, I feel like that's the intended ending to this story. It's that very dark ending that you said you you expected right from the start. That is not the ending I got when I watched this, and I'll tell you right now what happened was um, I I selected the pack symbol instead of the tuning fork, um, which also leads to confronting Dad in the kitchen. Um, I killed Dad because apparently you have to. You have to. Otherwise, it goes in a big fucking loop. Um, However, I was not given the choice. Uh, No, what happened was I chose to... I was given a separate choice. Um, so there's repetition uh, where the therapist tells you, um, you have my number, call me if anything comes up, like if there's any problems. And there's repetition of this. Every time we see her, she says this. And I retain that. And sure enough, I was rewarded for that in a fashion where we're presented with a montage where Stefan recalls conversations he had with her, and she makes mention of numbers. Uh, yeah. And the the number, uh, it, it's interspersed throughout multiple conversations, but the number is 20541, and it's impossible to get wrong. It's like, it's spelled out to you. But what happened was I tried to type this in, and the fucking thing misread my input, mm-hmm. and there's no way to retract a choice. So I just had, like, one digit off, and I couldn't correct it. And I was like, that might have been fuck. A- that might have been on it purpose. Was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't programmed that way. This was just something that happened. Because we hit the, I, was so, I was so frustrated. We hit the wrong numbers because uh, she started, Step just started punching him in. I'm like, no, it's 204. And she had already put in like three numbers. I'm like, no, no, that, okay, it's too late now. See, that, that's what happened to me. Yeah. Is that I, tried, I tried to enter the numbers as I heard them. Uh, they did not show up the way I wanted them to. And then, uh, sure enough, Dog digs up Dad out back. Um, Stefan goes to a saint, insane asylum and the game flops. Yeah. Um, I went back through this whole fucking movie just to get back to this choice. So basically what I was doing is I was using that 10 second skip button mm. repeatedly until I had to make a choice. And I remade all the same choices I made, meaning I went back and forth throughout this fucking movie. This took like 20 minutes. So I got, I got back to this phone number sequence. I entered the phone number correctly. He has a... Uh, a nothing conversation with a lady who doesn't even seem to know what he's talking about. Uh, he says over the line to this stranger, I've killed Dad and I'm going to kill her next, meaning the therapist. Mm. Uh, Dad gets buried whether you choose to not, ju- whether you choose to bury him or not, and then you get the exact same ending. So I wasted 20 minutes of my fucking life on Jesus. that. 
but yeah, the the ending when you chop him up, I believe, is the intended resolution to the story. So yeah, I had it, it ties in best to the themes of the story. So dog is digging up dad. Stephen kills pops. Chop, wrap up, and then I have nose ring, throw tea. I don't know what I meant by that. Did the, did I think I think the the uh, lady that works at Netflix in the post credits. I think she has a nose ring. Yeah. So w- one of the things that happens is when um, you you end up forced you take the acid and then um, Colin jumps off. Um, he ends up in prison anyway because um, he they're like yeah he killed him and then the game still sucks and it causes the video game company to fold like they weren't able to stay afloat it screwed up everything. Um, I don't know if I got that detail, but yeah, the three endings that I saw, the one I I reached naturally was him. He goes to the asylum, uh, and then two, apparently it's the exact same ending regardless of whether you went to all the therapy sessions or not. Uh, And then three was the one that I discovered by accident where you chop him up and uh, the game is a success because he completed it and apparently found peace in having killed the person he holds responsible for having killed his mother. So you do a monstrous thing to make Stefan feel better and finish the game, uh, but then apparently this this uh, Pax demon goes on to infect another programmer down the road. Um, one of the another one of the things I saw was that he 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 gets charged with murder, and then I think the game does well because of it. No, it, no, it, it's 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 the same one. He, he gets charged no, with murder and it, flops. No, the the game the game flops, but uh, the, the bow tie his uh, his commentary differs where he he says the most interesting thing about the yeah game that's is what it the was. fact that the person who made it is a murderer yeah or suicidal or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think I think we covered pretty much the entirety of what two and a half run throughs of Bandersnatch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't terribly enjoy this. In fact, I got really pissed towards the end. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. Um, uh, like I said, I, I feel like this was more of a game than a movie, if you ask me. Not a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could have been playing Ripper with Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it, like... Like we said, it's just a pilot. I think these can can get better. I think they will get better. I, I can say Netflix is probably going to have more of these, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, another streaming service tries to do it. I don't know. Amazon, Amazon. I don't know. Do you think anybody else will do it? I, I think it will catch on, um, surely, like, mostly just because of the novelty of it. It's a it's a new different thing. It's like it's like how restaurants pop up and they have like a signature dish that everyone needs to take Instagram photos of. Yeah. It's like it in 3D movies also. They they're not so big in this country anyway right now, but around the time Avatar came out, we had a good solid few years where that was the thing to do. I fucking hated it. Ugh. Oh yeah, no. It it usually made the movie worse, yeah. especially since uh Avatar's you needed not to do good. your research as to whether or not the movie was uh post-processed. Because um, I remember reading about Clash of the Titans in uh, 3D. Apparently, it was post-processed and not very well uh, to the point that uh, it was extremely dark. Mm. It's like you had to squint just to see the fucking picture. Um, but I think we'll see more of these. Um, and I think you and our colleague 
watched, quote unquote, uh, watch this in the right way uh, because it seems like a group exercise where mm-hmm. the part of the fun of it is just pulling the crank and seeing all the colors go by. Yeah, it's 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 like a slot machine where it's like, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's in your case, let's see how badly we can fuck up this person's life. Which, by the way, you were rewarded for. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I said, you got what I feel is the most complete ending to the story by by making what most people would view as the wrong choices. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine if Josh Brolin would have had... Like, if you could make choices in No Country for Old Men, just like <laughs> you come up on all these dead dudes and a bunch of money, just walk away. You save yourself a lot of trouble. I mean, that would be the first choice, yeah. It's just like, get in the truck. Go home. Go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I think these will get better. But yeah, this. Yeah, you're. Yeah. I would say do it just just for fun, like just. Yeah, it's. I mean, hopefully you don't do it the way I did it, where you end up making it drag on far too long. Because um, man, I don't know what it is, but I I just kept getting those those go back states, and I was just like, fuck, I'm so tired of this now. Yeah. Like I just want to be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was Black Mirror Bandersnatch from 2018, uh, the very end of uh, 2018. Mm. Um, first, this, again, this was our first venture into Netflix. Um, we'll see if we continue with these. Uh, it's a first for me. I've only had Netflix for a few days now. But yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, tune in next time. Later.